the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Call 800-900. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known it won't be long your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God and every secret deed and thought every wrinkle every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe. On the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you to his majesty he can save you from the might of all your sin this is the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin 
and believe on the risen Christ. You can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come. from the coming storm while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from all your sin and believe on the risen Christ can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come he is a shelter from the coming storm the only shelter from the coming storm. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Do you ever feel like you've just had it? You can't go on any further? You're broken or bruised. Nothing is going right. People are angry and hostile and rejecting. You're just done. That's how Elijah felt. He just felt like he could not go one more day fighting against this wicked Jezebel. He couldn't go one more day confronting Israel with their sin and calling them to righteousness, having a revival start at Mount Carmel that was powerful, and then one day later smashed. Revival is over. He's had it. He's finished. He can't do any more with this wicked queen, Jezebel. What would you do? How would you handle it? Well, Elijah did something that I have great respect for. He ran. But he didn't run toward Jezebel. And he didn't run toward the world. He didn't run toward bitterness and anger. Instead, he ran toward God. You know, there are just some times where life has been so tough and so hard. You don't know what to do. People you love are dying. People you care about are hating on you. And you can't do anything about it. It seems like everybody wants a fight. He ran toward God. 
We find the story in 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. Now let's pray. Lord, I feel broken and finished. I'm done. I can't go any further. My wife is exhausted. Lord, what do we do? Well, we're going to do the same thing, and we are doing the same thing that Elijah did. We're running toward you. But it's a long run. You don't answer as on a cell phone. It requires some traveling, some forgetting about yourself. It requires laying down your life. So, Lord, I pray as we talk about this today that your spirit will come in mighty power in each person who is listening, and you will quicken their heart and show them the way. Thank you, Jesus. We need your blessing and we need your touch today. We will not make it without that. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Chapter 19, the book of 1 Kings. This wicked Jezebel. I hope you hear me saying that with utter disgust. I am utterly disgusted with it. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. And Elijah was afraid. He'd done everything he could do. He was just, he was just done. He was finished. It's over. And so, he ran for his life. He was in an area close to Beersheba, Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there, and he himself went a day's journey into the desert. This is a very barren area. He came to a broom tree, and he sat down under it, and he prayed that he might die. I felt that way at times. Lord, I've given everything I have. I've done everything I could do. I've not done a very good job. I feel like I've failed in every area where I attempted to do something good for the Lord God of heaven. I feel like a failure. I might as well just die. Notice what he says. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he lay down under the tree and he fell asleep. Now this is not a luxurious maple or oak tree. This is a desert tree and he has to crawl in under those low branches. Called a broom tree. Well, as he lay down and slept, 
God does for him what he does for you or me when we feel like we're in this place. He sent a ministering spirit to encourage him. You understand, the work of God is too big for one man. It always has been, it always will be. And if a man attempts with his own strength any portion of that, the day will come when he will be finished, done. And he will too say, just take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I haven't done a better job than my dad did. Just let me be gone, please. At that moment, the scriptures say, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around. There by his head was a a cake of bread baked over hot coals. The fire was burning right there beside him. He never heard a thing. And there was also a, a full jar of water. He ate and he drank and then he laid down again and was soon sound asleep. The angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb. Horeb is known as the Mount of God. He was running to God. I love that about Elijah. Okay, you're ready to give up. You've gone as far as you can go. Okay, I have just this tiny little bit of battery left in my system. I'm going to use that battery and I'm going to run as far as I can run toward God. And the Lord sends ministering angels to give him food and water that he could go on to the Mount of God. He did not give him food and water so that he could go back and fight with Jezebel. You understand, we're now at a change point in Elijah's life. Elijah knows he's got to go for God to get another touch of God's glory in his heart to make again the decision about who he is and what he's about. back to basics time he needs to get to God please I'm telling you when you're at the end of your rope you've got to go back to basics recognize that you can't do it and God doesn't expect you to do it in your human strength and power but instead he wants you to come and meet with him 
So here we go. Let me read it. So he got up. This is verse 8. This is 1 Kings 19, verse 8. So he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Under his own strength, he traveled one day and utterly exhausted, ready to die. He dropped down under the broom tree. But God sent ministering spirits ministering angel and with the food he received and the rest of two times he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights with no water and no food except what he had received from the angel of the Lord that's exciting to me I know that America can never be reached by this broadcast or by any other outreach ministry, except by the bread of God. Jesus is the bread. We can't do it in our strength. We can't save our wife or our husband. We can't save our friends. We can't save our church. It's only by the bread of God. It's only with the mighty hand of God moving on your behalf in a very specific and practical way that strengthens you in your inner being and the flowing presence of God that goes out from that. Otherwise, there's no hope. You're not going to do this with guerrilla marketing. You're not going to bring revival to America by imagination and creativity. You're going to bring revival to God's people by cutting off Jezebel and running for God. Please, that's exactly what I'm doing. I made the decision. I am cutting off Jezebel. So I've cut off my cell phone. And then you know what? Today I thought, you know, I need to see if anybody is trying to reach me. And sure enough, somebody was trying to reach me, and they had a good mat on. And so, because I've not done exactly what they wanted me to do and the way they want me to do it, he said, I fire you. I fire you as a pastor. I'm not coming back. The Jezebel... Spirit is rising up in his heart. And he's angry at me. Now, this isn't new. He's been angry at me many times. This is the first time he said, I fire you. Well, needless to say, I'm not going back to the cell phone. I don't need to hear from people what they think. I'm going for God. And I'm going with a a clear heart of repentance and sorrow for my sin. I've not walked at all straight. 
I've not walked it all clean. I've been an idiot many times. I've done things and said things that I'm very ashamed of today. But you know what? I'm going for God. I'm going to Mount Horeb. And I'm not going to turn back with the blessing Jesus has given me. And I tell you, my wife is one of those blessings. With the blessing that Jesus has given me of his broken body for food, for the journey. For water from the Holy Spirit. I'm on my way to Mount Horeb. And I know God will be there. Now I want to talk just a minute about another factor. Moses also went to Mount Horeb. He didn't go to Mount Horeb in order to meet with God. He took his sheep over there. And while he's there, recognizes what he's done. He tried to save Israel with his own strength and his own power. And the result of his attempting that in his own strength and power, he had to run for his life from Pharaoh. And when he got over there in his own strength, he was put in charge of a few sheep. He was given a wife And he could do nothing for 40 years. Walking in the desert. Much time alone. He gets to Mount Horeb. After 40 years of wandering in the desert. And he sees a tree. Exploding in fire. But the tree is not being burned up. And he goes and he stands there to look at it. To see this sight he's never seen before. And suddenly a voice speaks to him. It says, Moses, take off your sandals. For you're standing on holy ground. Oh, God was there at Mount Horeb for Moses. Moses quickly slips off his shoes. This is holy ground. God is going to speak with him about what he wants him to do. And then, of course, you know what happened. God calls him to go back to Egypt and bring the people out in his power this time, not Moses' power. And Moses says, please, I don't want to do that. I I don't know how to talk very well. He rejects God until God finally gets angry with him and tells him, look, Moses is already on the way over here. You better go meet Moses at Mount Sinai. So Moses says, all right. And soon he makes his way to meet his brother.
Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't do this in your own power. You can't do this in the power of a doctor who can throw a cast on you and do something else to try to mend your bones. Some things only God can do. So if you've had it, you're finished. I'm just suddenly hearing that there's a pastor listening to this broadcast today and he's saying, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm going to leave. I'm asking you, please, don't abandon your fellowship. Don't abandon your church. Instead, abandon Jezebel and get to Mount Horeb as quickly as you can get there. And as you're on the journey, the Holy Spirit will come and he will minister to your heart. But it requires that you leave Jezebel. Who is Jezebel? Ahab's wicked wife. But Jezebel represents much more than that. Jezebel is an evil spirit. Jezebel is a controlling spirit. Jezebel is an immoral spirit. Jezebel is the personification of all wickedness and all evil and all sin. And she is very, very seductive, as well as being very, very controlling. If you're at a point where you've had it, you really only have two choices. Die or get to God and have a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that means cutting off Jezebel. Please, we live in Jezebel in America. We live in a place of pleasure and comfort. We live in a place where you have your own way, where you can do what you want to do when you want to do it. She'll keep you entertained with all kinds of exciting games. She'll keep you entertained with wicked movies. She'll keep you well entertained with fights, bitterness and anger, malice, rudeness. Oh, this woman, she's much more than a woman. She's a demon spirit from hell. And she wants to destroy you and your marriage. She wants to break your relationships with people who trust you. She is wickedness all wrapped up in one ball. You've got to cut her off. You've got to cut off the entertainment. You've got to cut off the movies. You've got to cut off your cell phone addiction. You've got to cut off your internet addiction. You've got to cut off the alcohol, the wine, the beer. You've got to cut off the sexual immorality. 
the indecency, the wicked jokes, the coarse jokes, the rabble-rousing, the fighting, the bitterness, the malice, the gossip. You've got to cut off Jezebel. They're two opposite directions. One is Mount Horeb. The other is Samaria. You've got to choose which way you're going. So he gets to Mount Horeb. He goes into a cave. He spends the night there. I'm suspecting that he was wondering, where is God? But God was right there. The word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? God was not surprised that he was there. He'd given him the sustenance and the courage and the blessing to come all the way. But part of what God's going to say to you is, What do you want? Why have you come? Now it's absolutely essential. Please hear me. When you get on your face before God and you begin to pray, you must be absolutely honest with God about what it is you want. You've got to be absolutely honest about your journey. And you have to hear very clearly from the Lord. He's not going to condemn you. I condemn myself. I do a good job of of condemning me. Other people condemn me. God does not condemn you. He does not have unconditional love. That's a fairy tale. There is a judgment. There will be a heaven and a hell. But when you come for this encounter with God at Mount Horeb, you've got to be honest with him. You've got to tell him what you've done, what you have not done, You tell him the whole sorry tale of what you have been like. He made a strong statement of sorrow. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. He's broken down your altars. Put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. A little bit of, feel sorry for me. I'm a little bit of a victim here, right? Are you good at being a victim? I hate being a victim. But I can be a bit of a victim. So the Lord told him, go out of the cave 
Stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind began to blow. It ripped the mountain apart, shattered rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. So how is God going to come? He doesn't come in the wind. He doesn't come in the earthquake. He doesn't come in the fire. How does God come to a man's heart? A gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled the cloak over his head and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Now again the question comes, Elijah, what are you doing here? What do you want? And again he sings his song of sorrow. And now the Lord begins to speak to him. Please hear me. If you want God to speak to you, be very certain that you must be honest with him. Be very honest that you are no longer going to serve Jezebel. You're not going to be a man pleaser. You're not going to lie. You're not going to go after power. You're not going to go after being important or being recognized. That's all Jezebel stuff. You're not going to go back and serve Jezebel. That you're not going to go back and try in any manner to please any person. You're going to say and do exactly what the Lord God of heaven tells you to say and to do even if it makes somebody angry. Say it with kindness, but be direct. Don't beat around the bush. I know that's what I have to do. I'm not here to please any person. I'm not here to get you to love me or to support me. I'm here to speak the word of God as clearly, as unequivocally, as I can, that you must go to Mount Horeb. You must go to God. Now, it's not going to be an easy journey to get to God. It took more than 40 days for him to get to God, to Mount Horeb. Well, why do I have to go to Mount Horeb? Because that's where God says he wants to meet you, the mountain of God. It's not an easy journey. And if you try the journey to God in your own strength and power, you will die. It's the Holy Spirit who calls after us, who says, come. And then it's not going to be with some grand spectacle of 
earthquakes and, and wind and fire. Now, God doesn't put on a show like that except for a Jezebel when he calls fire down from heaven. No, when God comes to speak to us, it's usually in a very small, quiet voice. He wants to speak to our hearts. Now God begins to speak and he says, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. Now, please, I want to say something. Go back the way you came. That doesn't mean go back the way you were. No, it means geographically go back to your place of assignment. But you're not going to go back to your place of assignment the same way you felt inside as you came on this journey. You're to go back empowered by the still small voice of God himself. And you're going to do there only what God has told you to do. And nothing more and nothing less. Remember he said, I just want to die. But God has something else in mind. He has a place in heaven in mind. So right now, he just wants you to go back and fulfill your work assignments that he will now give you. It says, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Hazel, king of Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimbish, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha to take your place. Now, I don't accuse God of being defensive. But he certainly put Elijah in his place. He breaks the, the victim mentality in Elijah. I yet reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. He's saying, don't feel like a lone ranger. I have 7,000 people in the land. And they know who I am and they have not worshipped money. See, Jezebel was all about power and money. And the people of Israel were all about money. He says, I have 7,000 who have not kissed Baal, money. Some of you try to serve Baal and money. Baal and money.
money. They're one. God is not Baal. God is the God of heaven and earth, the creator. It all belongs to him. So Elijah went from there and he found Elisha. He's going to fulfill the assignment God has given him, but he's first going to find his assistant. That makes me smile. He needs help. And God told him he could anoint an assistant. So he goes and finds that assistant. He found Elijah, Elisha, Elijah, found Elisha. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oak oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. It was a very wealthy farmer. It was a farm family. Elisha was a man, not a child, not a boy. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come to you. Go back, Elijah's replying. What have I done to you? Do you see how Elijah casts off all responsibility for whatever decision Elisha will make? So many times I've been so grieved and saddened by men who think that everything is about them. They're full of themselves. They want to be recognized. They want to be patted on the head. They want to be, they want to be loved. No, it was not with sticky hands that Elijah anointed Elisha. If this is just a sentimental deal to get ahead, it'll never work. We find later in the scripture when people ask, who is this Elisha? They say to describe him, he was the one who poured the water on Elijah's hands. No, they don't say he was Elijah's sidekick. They don't say he was a partner. They don't say, oh, didn't you know he's a a prophet in training? No. They say he poured the water on Elijah's hands. It's very, very rarely that you will find a man who is willing to pour the water on another man's hands because he wants to be served. And he's concerned about, am I being loved enough? Am I being recognized? Am I being applauded enough? Or if I'm not, I'll just find my own way. I'll do it my way. 
and I'll show you I'm somebody. I'll prove to you you should have you should have patted me and loved me. What nonsense. See, Jesus, he loved all of the disciples. And he served them. He didn't demand that they pour water on his hands. He poured the water on their feet. And they were ashamed because they had been unwilling. And he said, now you've seen this done by me. Now do this for each other. Serve one another in love. Don't be about you. Don't be about being somebody. Humble your heart before God. So Elijah says, go back. What have I done to you? This is a cloak of God. And he told me to put it on you. So all I've done is come and put the cloak of the prophet upon you. And now you're responsible to God for how you feel about that and what you do about that. Now, if you want to go take care of your family, go take care of your family. If you want to come later, then come later. You're responsible to God. We've got to learn this lesson. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop playing the victim. Rise up in the name of Jesus and serve him and him alone. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing instrument to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. Wow. If we could just get a hold of that truth, that we're not someone special, that we're called as an attendant. We're called as a servant of the Most High God. Stop fighting with people for ascendancy. Stop fighting with people to gain some small advantage. This is not about you. This is about Jesus. And you've got to get to Mount Horeb to find out what you're supposed to do. Well, pastor, tell me what I'm supposed to do. You say I'm wandering. What am I supposed to do? Get to Horeb, get to God, and stay there until God speaks with you and tells you what you're to do and where you're to go and how you're to function, what your assignment will be. You see, you can't hear the assignments of God when you're so full of yourself that there's no room for God to speak into your life. Hmm. 
Well, that's what I wanted to share with you today. I'd like to pray. Mighty God of heaven, I've spoken the word you gave me. And now, Lord, it's up to every person who hears this word to decide what they're going to do about it. For, Lord, I have no power to make them do anything about it, but I put them fully now into your hands, Lord Jesus, to take on your assignment, to take on manhood, to take on being a woman of God, cutting off that wicked woman, that wicked woman Jezebel, no longer adhering to her commands, no longer following her directions, but instead following the directions that you give, Jesus. Coming in your power. Lord, thank you. I praise your mighty name. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And nothing is too hard for you. Lord, I pray today for that pastor who is so discouraged. For that pastor's wife who's ready to give up and call it quits. Even ready to leave him. Lord, I plead with you today. Call your people to come and meet with you at Mount Horeb. And there at that place, may they not be impressed by the earthquake or the whirlwind. May they not be impressed by the, the fire. Oh, the fire of God is here. No, Lord, don't let them be impressed by any of that. Cause them to wait humbly before you for your word to go forth in their heart and in their life and give them the strength and the touch and the power in the Holy Spirit to do the work that you've called them to do, almighty God. And Lord, I pray for every person today who is discouraged, who's angry, who's hopeless, who says, I might as well die. Lord, I pray that your ministering spirit will come now and minister to their brokenness, even as I ask you to come and minister to my brokenness. All of my faith and confidence and trust are in you, Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. I eat that broken body, your body, Lord Jesus, in remembrance of your crucifixion and your resurrection. You said, my body is real food and my blood is real drink. Lord, may we drink deeply today and may we eat our fill today of your wonderful presence as you come and minister to us and turn our hearts toward heaven. Lord, thank you. 
Mighty is your name. We plead your mercy. Oh, Jesus, would you bring revival now to your people? Will you bring men and women who will stand up and lift up the standard of righteousness? Men and women who will teach how to be holy, that we should repent always. Lord, come, please, in your might and in your power. Come, Jesus, please, now. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, if you would please invite a friend to listen to this, it'll be posted later at nationalprayerchapel.com and probably a short will also be registered as our brother Ed Pugh finishes it. I also would ask that you would go to the webpage nationalprayerchapel.com and there you'll find the mailing address for the National Prayer Chapel. You can give online or you can mail a letter with a check. I'd love to hear from you. You can also write to me at Ray Greenley, 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. That's again, Pastor Ray Greenley, 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. That address is where the church meets and it will go directly into the church fund for radio. God bless you, my brother and my sister. I stand by faith that God is moving in your heart. I'll talk to you soon. I love you. We call it the Bible. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.